Good evening, Creighton fans. Uh, here in the media room with uh, Johnny Atala from the Omaha World Herald for another episode of the Blue Jay Beat. We still cool with that nickname? Are you good with that? Do you have any time to think of a better one? I honestly did not think about it at all. <laughs> so, yes, I'm good with it. So we'll call that for Blue Jay Beat from now on. There we go. It's official. Uh, after Creighton's 93-70 win over UNC and Pembroke in there, Final exhibition game of the before the 2017 2018 season gets underway next Friday against Yale. Um, I guess just right off the top, we asked for your questions, but it seemed like most of them were more concerned with the health of Jacob Epperson and Manny Suarez, so we'll just uh, we'll tee that one up and knock it out right away. Um, Epperson, according to Coach McDermott, has been dealing with a little bit of a knee issue, and obviously, that's something that's been plaguing him throughout the summer and things like that, so. They just decided to shut him down a little bit and give him a break. Um, a lot of people were asking if maybe it was a red shirt thing uh, because that was a question that kept coming from the fact that Everson wasn't dressed. But it's an exhibition game, so he would have played regardless if he was redshirted or not. So there's no correlation there. Um, and Manny Suarez, I don't know, to me and you, he, he rolled his ankle there late in the game, but it looked like he was fine on the bench. I don't know if you had a different read on it, but it didn't look like there was a – there's a pressing matter a at all. Fair amount of smiles. Yeah. So, not really from Mandy. He looked like he was in uh, some pain, but sure. I think the guy <laughs> fell on his foot. Doesn't feel good. But I think, I mean, judge the early signs. Obviously, they'll. I'm sure they'll look at it and monitor it over the weekend. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'd imagine he'd be all right. Well, we've been charting uh, big men hitting the ground or hitting the court uh, throughout the practice sessions and things like that. So it's a habit that the big guys tend to end up on their backsides. Um, So we aren't overly concerned with that. It doesn't seem like anybody else is either, so I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, So I guess uh, I'll let you lead off here if you don't, you know, if you want to. Uh, Just, um, you know, some basic takeaways from, I mean, obviously, UNC Pembroke to me, I think, doesn't really look like a Division II team. You know, that, that looked like it was a pretty good, a pretty good test for Creighton as far as an exhibition game will go. I just thought, like, um, I mean, all right, we're going to be talking about Creighton's interior defense oh, yeah. all year, front court. Uh, those guys had some agility, and they 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 finished some tough shots, mm-hmm. um, but they were they were in close, so they got good position and they got the ball in comfortable spots, and they looked like they were kind of going with their go to moves, um, and they scored um, a good amount of time down low, but. Um, I don't know. I kind of that wasn't too much of a surprise to me to see that happen. I think those guys, Creighton's front court. Um, I guess the hope is they, there's so much room for growth there with those players who haven't necessarily had a lot of experience. Yeah, there, there's a ceiling mm-hmm. um, to their potential um, as defenders, but they're going to learn uh, sort of the tricks of the trade, different tactics that they can utilize inside. And I think uh, you know as they gain more experience in games. Uh, they will be better down there. How much better? I don't know. Um, we'll see. That will kind of track the progress, the progression as the year goes on. But I, I think that um, every experience for all those. I mean, even Toby Hagner, who um, has logged a lot of minutes during his career, he hasn't logged a lot of minutes as like an interior five right. center, a big right. man who's got to battle uh, time and time again down low. So I think they're all going to learn as the season progresses, and we'll see what happens. But um, I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, was just sort of the. Uh, the flow of the game early where UNC Pembroke um, 
their aggressive and attacking defense, extending their man-to-man beyond the three-point line, denying passing lanes, poking the ball away at times, mm-hmm. just kind of being active. Um, I thought that that was a uh, – Creighton struggled with it a little bit early. It maybe was just a little bit hesitant. Um, you know, I feel like there were some disjointed possessions. There were times when Creighton's guys uh, – or the ball was, like, being fumbled around a little bit. Um, wasn't as cleanly or as crisply uh, passed around uh, the the perimeter or, or, or driven into the paint. But they eventually settled in. I think that's a good sign for Creighton. One, and you know that – I mean, I guess you know that, you, that Creighton – hasn't seen that kind of uh, makeup on a regular basis right. in preseason. They, they they try to simulate it in practice, but it was I mean, definitely their stiffest test in that regard. Right, yeah. and it's or just it's, a, well, it's like a new test. You don't, yeah. especially for guys. I was marking it down. I think they have five new faces, uh, two players in Martin and uh, Ronnie who haven't seen extended playing time in their careers so essentially seven new guys mm-hmm. and then you throw them in that environment where you know you got a team that's really aggressive and energetic and inspired they're like hey we want to upset this opponent on their on their home court and against a big crowd so um i think the way that creighton handled it was you know it, that's it's a good sign because they, they, they eventually settled in. Because they're going to deal with that a lot this year. I think the teams are going to really try to light them up on the perimeter um, to just knock them off balance and, and kind of maybe force some turnovers if they can. Yeah, I think you're right about the fact that we can probably – we're probably going to have more opportunities to dissect the interior defense's performance and its progression and things like that. So we won't and, stay and the other too thing heavy too, on Well, that. the other thing, too, is Creighton didn't double. Right. And Creighton, Creighton will rely pretty heavily on the double team at times this year. Yeah. Um, but we, I think we can focus on at least a couple performances on the interior, mainly, or I guess first of all, Martin Crample. Uh, you know, it's funny because you look at his line, four of eight, eight points, eight rebounds, three assists, one steal in 25 minutes. You're going to see that and go, that's pretty productive out of 25 minutes. You'll take that every night. But, the, but this is two games now, one against UNO where he struggled with fouls. Uh, I think he fouled out in 16 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, against UNO. And then tonight, five turnovers. And they looked like turnovers that... He's very skilled, obviously. You know, he can he can do different things. He can create, I guess, with the put the ball on the floor and get his own shot and things like that. But but I don't know if... I don't know if that's necessarily the strength of his... And it clearly looked like it was not tonight because, like you said, Pembroke's activity, you know, swiping at dribble drives and things like that, they were really frustrating Martin. And, you know, he had a long, you know, match to come out to one of those turnovers and kind of had a come-to-Jesus talk with him on the bench there. And then he comes back in on the first possession and immediately turns it over again, trying to go from the elbow to the paint to the rim, you know. So it just doesn't seem like he's had a great preseason, but – you know, we know he had a great summer, and we expect a lot out of him. But I guess, what's your, I don't know, what's your read on what's maybe what you've seen out of, you know, the first two games with him in the well, starting line? Yeah, well, it's hard because I, I, we didn't get to see Minnesota, and that's apparently where he played really well. Exactly. Um, I think he just looked rushing a little bit, maybe trying to do too much at times. I feel like Justin Patton had this issue um, early on in his tenure, like his career, I guess 
retro freshman year, not the freshman year, but right. the retro freshman year where I think the coaches a lot of times would just like slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, don't overcomplicate things. You, 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 you feel like you can do a lot of things. You're, you're skilled, like you said, Martine has that ability. Um, so, but you don't want to do you don't want to do too much, and so I think that's kind of where he's where he's at. But I guess the hope is that he'll he'll settle in and find out what he can and can't do. Yeah. What he can and can't get away with. Manny Suarez, man, uh, double-double tonight. I guess uh, it's another one of those things where it feels like he can take advantage of the matchup. But, I mean, Pembroke was a little bit more difficult athletically to deal with. Yeah. And he certainly wasn't He certainly wasn't alone down there when he got the ball. I mean, he was being surrounded because um, they were trying to create turnovers and create havoc. Uh, I guess one thing that he seems to struggle with, at least in my eyes, is when he gets the ball in those post-up situations, he kind of has maybe a 90s, 1990s NBA mentality where if he can get the ball on the low block in a one-on-one situation, he feels like he should score there. Yeah. Which is what, you know, and Creighton teaches guys to score in those situations if you can get a, you know, if you can get a one or two dribble and then make a move and score. But that, but when he's doing that, he's also missing guys that are cutting around him and, you know, coming wide open on the perimeter and I think that's where where some of the some of his issues maybe he needs to be able to see the floor a little bit better because when he's got Mitch and, or Kyrie or Marcus like springing free for a three that's probably a higher percentage than him trying to turn around and hit a hook shot a it's, contested hook shot it's literally like the only sort of criticism I have of yeah. him so far otherwise he's been you know active on the glass uh, he's been pretty efficient with his minutes mm-hmm. he's brought energy and and some toughness. Yeah, his per 40s are off the charts right yeah, now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, it is preseason, and yeah. he has, I think, um, pretty clearly uh, taken advantage of mismatches um, in, t- in two of these exhibition games. But, um, yeah, your, your point is accurate, I think, that um, he's got that scorer's mentality, and, mm-hmm. and at times it would be beneficial, I think, for him and the team to, to just be a little bit uh, – kind of take that second to sort of observe the quarter, maybe just have a better feel. Maybe he'll, he'll develop that as um, he matches up uh, with, with some better opponents going and, forward. And he mentioned after last after the UNO game to us that he's still kind of learning how to play with these guys and things Definitely. like that. So, yeah. he, you know, he's going he's going to have a learning curve. It's not going to be – it's not going to be like this every night, certainly not with his production, but also with just having a good feel for the game and the things that are around him and the system that he's playing in. Because, like – he is really comfortable in the back-to-back basket basket, like slow it down, play in the half-court right. situation, and that's not what Creighton is best at. So, um, Highlight of the night for you. What was, the, Honestly, what was your wow moment? It, it's probably the overall play, and mainly in the second half play of uh, Mitch Ballack. I just felt like he showed off the entire like the entire uh, who he is as a basketball player type of deal. I mean, it wasn't just threes, which he hit some of those. It wasn't just passes, like no-look passes and good feel for the game that's happening around him, which were the, there were some of those. I mean, he was active on the glass. Uh, you know, Coach McDermott played him at the four tonight, and it didn't seem like he was overwhelmed by that. He was still really active. He was active on dribble drives, trying to strip guys and poke the ball away. And things like that. I, like, I just saw a complete game out of him. Mm. And the fact that he's a true freshman, like you and I almost had this conversation uh, yesterday at practice. Like I feel like he's already one of the five best players that Creighton has on this roster. I feel comfortable that he is already. But, I mean, 
you're almost there, you feel like that's definitely is where he's going, where he's heading. In his He'll finish there. Yes. Like by the end of the year, I think. Um, but, but that's yeah. my, my, my takeaway is I was really impressed by his overall. He just does so many little things. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it, there was a play at one point in the game where he. He crashed the glass, and he got his hand on He didn't actually secure the rebound, but he almost did. It's just like that extra effort play yeah. really stands out the way he ran the floor in the second half, um, got ahead of the, uh, the 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 defense on the break. Uh, you remember that? You mentioned that one play where he's standing on the three-point line waiting for a, a, a pass, a kick-out pass yeah. for a three. didn't come, and he, like, the next thing you know, he's – Hanging on the rim. He's hanging on the rim, crashing the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying exactly. to get the offensive board. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's been impressive so far. And, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, and I guess to play, I, off that play a little, yeah, to play off that a little bit, because Coach McDermott mentioned this in the postgame, was trying to find the right combinations of who works with who. Because, obviously, we're not going to see any situations where Kyrie and Marcus aren't on the floor at the same – one of them is on the same – yeah. we, we saw it tonight, but that was more of just Coach the coaching staff trying to let just, you know – Test the waters in the game that's pretty much up, not you know up for grabs anymore. Um, so one of them is going to be on the floor. So who does Mitch? So what's the best combination? I guess is I don't a know. question going forward. Is it yeah, Mitch with Kyrie? Is it Mitch with Marcus? Is it Tyshawn with Kyrie? Tyshawn with Marcus? Because one of them is going to get in that second kind of stanza of each half with one of those guys. And that's what that's what the coaching staff's looking at too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to figure out uh, what the best combo. I think uh, you know. Maybe going into the year, uh, at least from my vantage point, I was I was wondering, well, slide Kyrie down to the four, and maybe play um, your traditional point guard with a with one of the freshmen and Marcus in the lineup. That okay. maybe that might be. But then again, look at the minutes that Ronnie's given you at the four. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, limiting his opportunity to impact the game. Um, I think it's a lot. It's going to depend a lot on matchups and game flow, and yeah. so. Um, I feel like I've said that a lot already this year, just in terms. Well, of- not just this year, but going back to when Maurice went down. Right. I mean, the thing is, we I think we we talked about that as maybe being a problem last year. With they're not really sure what's going to work game to game. This year, I feel like they're still in that same situation, just because of the uncertainty at point guard and because of you know who's playing well uh, on the interior has kind of changed from game to game. Um, but I don't necessarily see it as a problem anymore because I feel like there's depth that can handle it. Like you can just plug and play. But I, I, there's guys that yeah. are just ready to step up. I think. And I also, but I also think that Creighton's coaching staff, and it's probably just a byproduct of having an off season to sort of tinker and experiment with guys and figure out who could do what. But I think that they uh, they've given players or worked guys in different spots. So Creighton at this point is more versatile than mm-hmm. it was in February and March of last year, where. Um, you know, you can say, "Hey, Tyson Alexander, play the point, or play two. Uh, Kyrie Thomas, you can play the three or the four, or initiate the offense if if you want." You know, mm-hmm. like uh, Ronnie Harrell being able to play a four, but he's kind of like the point guard at times. When you guys rebound, it's it's pretty I know, much, yeah. I'm, I'm always bringing up the ball uh, to break the press at times uh, tonight as well. So. No, I think they're a little. That's what it seems like. It's a uh, they have a little bit more versatility, or uh, maybe the coaches are just a little bit more comfortable or confident in what the guys can do, and and so they know um, how to work them into the lineup. So okay, so what's your number one takeaway? Um, number one takeaway. I don't know. I I was just thinking, my favorite play of the night was Kyrie, uh, Kyrie's steal and dunk. That was a fun moment. My favorite play was the dunk that didn't happen. Do you remember that one? When he lost the ball. 
Um, you got fouled? I, yeah, he got fouled. Because oh. he, almost, he almost killed, like, three dudes, like, trying to dunk that. Like, he, I don't know. He's got this thing where he maybe doesn't know what's happening in front of him. <laughs> he was but he went down the lane line. and tried to dunk on, like, three yeah. guys. And I admire that. That's just – I love that because that's, like right. – he shouldn't try to do that, but he did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, his steal and dunk was – that's that's what made him the defensive player of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, vintage, much. vintage Kyrie. Vintage I, I think Kyrie. a couple things that were notable um, in the second half, Creighton just sort of established his tempo. Yeah, um, I, a lot I, of turnovers by Pembroke early. Yeah, man, that. I wish I, I didn't. I on my other sheet of paper, I have it written down. But yeah, Pembroke t- turned it over a lot. It was in the second four of their first five possessions. I think I think half. Creighton was twenty-two to two on points off turnovers in the second half. Were they really? And something like. 12 to nothing in fast break points, you know, so like the game completely flipped in the Creighton's favor in the second. Like they really put their stamp on it of yeah. what they, how they want to play. And when they're going like that, they're going to be really tough to beat. I mean, it's just going to be, that's going to be the question is can they establish that tempo against, uh, you know, the teams that they're going to face, some of the elite opponents. And some of it's happening, I guess some of that happened off their defense. And Kyrie mentioned the adjustment they made in the second half of being more up on the ball, putting more pressure on the ball handlers and things like that. So, first of all, that helps the interior guys because the entry passes aren't as easy. Um, and it also makes the perimeter more active. And when you can create live ball turnovers like that, I mean, that's bread and butter for Creighton because they can get to the rim in a hurry. Definitely. Um, so that's something that maybe going forward will be more of an emphasis on the guard core to be more active on the perimeter. I don't know if that necessarily means taking chances because you don't have a rim protection guy there, but, I mean, if you've got guys that are good at anticipating and, you know, getting their hands in there without fouling and creating live ball situations where, you know, you can, you know, cause some turnovers and get out and run, certainly Kyrie can do it. Um, It feels like Ronnie can be disruptive. Marcus has gotten better at it. and like I said, Mitch was really active, just kind of chasing guys off the ball. I mean, when he was catching, getting caught in ball screens, like there's moments where he's trapped, um, but then he like finds a way to poke the ball away from the ball handler while he's getting screened. So like, there's moments of chaos that they can kind of create there to get into the open floor. Um, and I think that's probably what's going to have to happen perimeter-wise on the on the perimeter defense because I don't think the interior defense is going to get any better. It kind of just is what it is, especially with guys that are. You know, banged up like Toby's been dealing with this all season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Everson will probably deal with his knee thing for a while. He's been dealing with it since he got here pretty much. So, yeah, I think that's going to be, the, you know, what the, what the one thing they can do defensively that can make a difference is, you know, how disruptive they can be on the perimeter. And certainly it starts with Kyrie. You know what else I was thinking, by the way? Uh that possession, that possession against the zone deep, that was a nice highlight too. It was I Tyler, think, Tyler from possession. Yeah, I mean, it was like his first possession it in the was, game it against was. zone I, defense. We talk about and, it. People probably hate that we talk about him so much, but probably, like probably. But the he, ball just moves different when he's in the game. So it was like an entry pass, uh, or or Ronnie Harrell caught it in the high post and yep. immediately made a quick decision uh, to uh, find Martin Crumple on the on the block, who immediately. Uh, cross courted, cross courted to the corner to uh, Tyler Clement, who dishes to Kyrie Thomas I, for a three. That's what so, I was talking about. Okay, so I, I maybe I saw a different one. Like Tyler started the, I don't know what the play is called, but it's like one of those like just wave the hand motion real quick. And yeah. So Tyler threw it to Ronnie on the high post, then he cut to the corner, the corner that he hit the three against Xavier last year in the Big East tournament. That's yeah. His favorite corner. Um, that's the one I'm talking Ro- about. Yeah, Ronnie entered it to Martin, who rolled, then he cut to the corner. Right. Martin back to Ronnie. Ronnie over to Tyler to switch the floor. Tyler draws the defense, kicks it to Kyrie. Bang. Right. 
Yeah, that was beautiful. I mean, because it happened so quick. It I was don't bang, think the, bang, like, bang, 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 bang. Like the ball may not have touched the floor. No, you know, I don't like, think it did. I think maybe Tyler dribbled once to his right, maybe to yeah, sidestep, right? But yeah. that was probably, that was probably the possession of the game. I thought yeah, just because it, it moved so crisply, it right. was just pure perfect. perfect I like those. I like those possessions. Creighton was pretty decent against the zone. I don't think. I mean, Pembroke went to it a couple times. And uh, and got out of it pretty quickly. Maybe they just aren't yeah. as comfortable in it. But well, one of them, Marcus, just shot over it and drilled a three. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, we forgot they can just do that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a productive preseason. I'm pretty sure they got out of it what they wanted to because they played a lot of guys a lot of minutes that they probably were wondering how they were reacting to the lights. So that's productive. Um, I think they've scored 40 plus in every half except for the first half against Minnesota where they had 37. So I'm. That's what I'm kind of curious about going forward. Is what happens when that's not there? Right. What happens when they're held to like 32 or something like that? They're probably gonna lose. They're probably going to lose. <laughs> I don't but know. Yeah, but we'll I'm, see. But, but I'm curious to see what, how bad it looks. Because yeah. I mean, they they did lose to Minnesota, but Minnesota was also scoring a lot of points too. Like, yeah. what happens when the game just gets bogged down, dragged and down, it's kind of a grind run? out? Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting in Oka. I would imagine that. Uh, Northwestern will kind of be a grinded out game. Maybe even Yale. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I would. I'm guessing they're not going to want to run with Creighton. So uh, maybe we'll get a, a first hand look at it next week. Mm-hmm. We talked about last year that it took essentially one run to be a knockout punch. They talked about that a lot last year. Was yeah. no matter. I, they understood teams were going to try to slow them down, but it was just all about how potent that one run. How much of a difference that would make? Whether it was ten nothing, twelve nothing. 15-2, things like that. How much of a difference could it make? So um, maybe that's going to be the same thing this year. I just think it's totally interesting to see how they're firing on all cylinders offensively without just having a guy that runs it all. Like, I did not think that was – I was concerned about it coming in. I didn't think the offense would look like the, like it does without having someone yeah. well, sure-handed at the one. And well, I still don't think that I answers know. that question. But one thing, one thing I will say is tonight, especially – while Pembroke did have size and had some strength inside, mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily have a rim protector. They didn't have a lot of height. And I think Creighton's guys, Marcus Foster and Kyrie Thomas in particular, uh, made made it a mission to get inside yeah. and attack the rim. And Marcus are had they, two three-point plays in the second half. I don't right. remember two three-point plays two, all last right. year. Yeah, that's, And he turned down a lot of threes in the yeah. first half, too. I. Are they going to have that same aggressiveness when they're up against uh, a team that has a couple six ten guys in the middle, or they go up in there and they get their first attempt blocked? You know, are they going to keep at it? And is that and, and is the defense going to have to honor that potential of Creighton driving? Um, perhaps that slows down the offense a little bit. I don't know. Uh, it'll, it's just something that I'm I'm curious to see. It stood out to me a little bit tonight of how aggressive Creighton was getting into the paint, and there wasn't really much UNC Pembroke could do to stop it. UNO couldn't stop it. Um, what happens when they go up against a team that's a little bit more fundamentally sound defensively? Has some guy. 40, 43 point attempts, probably, right? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, but, and I, you know, that. I don't know. I. It's exhibition. It's a, it's a preseason. Yeah. Their offense does look a little bit better than I thought it would. Uh, but. You know the the challenges are going to be a lot stiffer going forward. So we'll see how they do. Okay, that's our second episode of the Blue Jay Beat. We have finished the preseason, I think, without any kinks. Uh, thanks for your questions, even though they were all about Epperson and Mandy's injuries. Which, sorry to say, they're not big deals. If you're hoping that they 
if you're waiting to see like some big breaking news, we don't really have it. They're fine. You know, they'll be in the mix throughout the season. So, um, on to Yale. That's when we'll talk to you guys next. In the meantime, you can check out John's work at uh, Omaha.com um, and follow him at John Yatawa on Twitter. And you want to get out your phone number or email? <laughs> <laughs> It's actually pretty fully engaged. It's actually there. really easy to find my phone number. So oh, is it really? Want, yeah, oh, okay. probably one Google search and you'll get it. So get your investigative teams on that, and yeah. you'll have full access to John. And then <laughs> you can read my stuff at whiteandbluereview.com, as always. And uh, until next Friday, have a good night. <laughs>